ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. <laughs> nah, what y'all laughing at? Thank you for tuning into the Nick and Mal show. We are joined by a special individual. Piff Marty's in the building. What's Thanks for coming on, through, bro. Yes, What's going on? How was your trip here? Um, it was long. Like I live a, like an hour and a half from here. So but I, I don't mind like long rides just because I get the time to like just like think or or just work on something, edit a video, like work on a rap. I think that. Like this that. is on your phone? You doing this? Mm-hmm. While on the train? Mm-hmm. Yeah, interesting. That's wavy. Did you, um as as a dude from the Bronx, I would just ask you this. Did, you, yeah. did, you, feel, <laughs> did you feel any imminent danger coming to Brooklyn? All the fucking time. Where? Oh, 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 oh. Coming, to, coming to Brooklyn? Yeah. Like in general today? Or just today. like... No, I've been in Brooklyn. I'll be in Brooklyn. Brooklyn's not that dangerous no more. It's not. I ain't gonna lie. It's, it's kind of... It's kind of... It's kind of not that it's soft because I don't want like niggas to like pull up on me. Niggas to be outside the studio <laughs> waiting for that ass. Like JG, JD was just here, so we don't want to see him. No, nah, but Brooklyn is not. I'm not afraid of Brooklyn, but Bronx is like a different animal though. Because you know you hear all the stories like that, like niggas getting killed or jumped all the time. I remember when I was younger, like it was just it was bad. Depending on the, what coach you were, you probably not going home with the same coach. Or really? any coat or any sneakers or whatever. So I'm used to like danger, which is not that good. <laughs> now that I think about it. That's the issue with like, the black and media, I would say. Why is the Bronx like that? I don't know. I mean, I think when it when it comes to any neighborhood where crime is poverty, like niggas are trying to eat. You gotta find find some way to get your bread, like whether in in people either steal, scam, you know. I mean and it's a lot of anger in that the, Anger in the neighborhoods too, just because people are like people don't have no money. You my, know what I mean? So my thing is like, okay, so Brooklyn was trash. I mean, mm-hmm. I moved to Brooklyn in like 2011, and when I moved in, it was kind of 2011. 2011. <laughs> Listen, bro, I'm in the future. Come on, Elon Musk said that my way. Come on, we really over there. But when I moved in 2011, there was cops on my blocks all the time. Right, and it was clearly a good, like an effort to make shit more cool. And as you said, Brooklyn has become a lot better place. Mm-hmm. Why hasn't that happened in the Bronx? Um, I mean, let's let's keep it a buck. I think Brooklyn has became this way because of gentrification. You know what I mean? Like people from the outside were moving in, and that equal to dollars in 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 the eyes of some people. So people, more people invested in Brooklyn to make it cleaner, make it safer. That hasn't happened in the Bronx just yet. It's it's starting to like in certain areas. It, it's um there's gentrification. There's a um there's a lot more money being put into it just to increase the stability and safety of it. But this is one of the last boroughs in the city that that has happened to. You know what I mean? Like it happened everywhere else. Now it's starting to happen in the Bronx. So I think mm. that's one of the reasons. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Is that one? And of the Bronx is big as fuck too. Like it's it's there's a lot to cover. And a lot to improve, so that's probably why it happened so slowly. Imagine you get a country right now. What you gonna do? <laughs> yeah, what you doing, you know? boy? My boy from Trinidad. I don't know, man. Right? What you gonna do if you get a country? You don't even know yeah, what country. Right. What you country are you giving me? The first thought what? in your head is like, damn. What <laughs> like, the fuck what do the I fuck? do? <laughs> you got a bunch of papers in front of you. You don't even know what any of these things are. You don't even know that these cities existed until it was put in front of you. Now you gotta. Now you gotta do something about it. And they need help. And you know what the issue with that is? We always assume like, okay, the president is a puppet, right? Everyone say the president mm-hmm. is a puppet, and there's all these smart people behind them who actually make the decisions. Mm-hmm. But even the veil on that has kind of been removed. Mm-hmm. I think Donald Trump. First of all, Donald Trump. Both his um, press secretaries were never press secretaries before, mm-hmm. right? And he's kind of showing people like, listen, bro, this is not a very hard job. This is your regular 
job that you could apply for and do this shit. Uh, okay, I'm not gonna. <laughs> I'm not gonna say that. It's not hard to get into. Rather, it's hard to do. You think so? Yeah, bro. You're, you're a press a- secretary. No, no, I'm not talking about press secretary, but just being being a press secretary of the United States. You know what I mean? I think that shit is easy as fuck. Nah, it's like word of mouth. Like, um, I think his name Daryl Freeman. He was a recent episode on Earn Your Leisure. He was saying that he be giving people he know that don't have the best credit Mm -hmm. loans with good interest rates because of word of mouth. He's like, yo, Mm -hmm. he goes, uh, people could get good rates and everything off of their character. So, I believe his name is Daryl Freeman. If he speaks about their character, they could easily get that loan. And he's like, he's big on like, yo, um, if you start a business, go 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 out to eat with three bankers. Mm-hmm. You understand what I'm saying? So he's saying go develop out to that eat relationship. With, develop, mm-hmm. develop that re- relationship. Talk about someone's character because now when that banker meets that person, fuck the credit score, f- anything else, their income. Oh, Daryl Freeman just gave me all this good information about his character. Mm-hmm. I know it's gonna be a good hand. Mm-hmm. So it's more it, yeah. exactly. So mm-hmm. Trump's situation probably could be like character. I know you work hard. Mm-hmm. You really don't have the title for it, but I know what you're gonna do for mm-hmm. me. You're gonna help me out. I'd rather have you. Same thing like last when we talk about um, you rather have your 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 people around you. Mm-hmm. You know how Drake, Jay Z have it instead mm-hmm. of Joe Blow from the street. That's really you know it could be a Harvard grad or anything. He might not have your best interest, like your closest mm-hmm. friend. You know, so it could be like stuff like that. And it's funny that you say that because relationships are the most important thing when it comes to any industry that you work in. Like you're going to get a job over somebody because you know them. You might not be the best, the most qualified or more qualified than this person, but you have a a, a higher, you're, you're more valid because you know this person. Mm-hmm. And it has a big you know trust I mean? into it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's a bad thing, though. I it, think it's, it's personally a good thing. I don't think mm-hmm. the person who... On like we like with sports related to sports, the team that looks the best on paper isn't always the best mm-hmm. because we get into chemistry, we get into trust issues. How do people bond? And I think mm-hmm. the same thing in business. Like if you do get a position because you are trusted, maybe things work a little bit smoother than someone who was who fit the perfect bill. Mm-hmm. I mean, it depends. Like it's, it's it could be good, it could be bad. I think it's fifty fifty because mm-hmm. just from from the examples that we just laid out with with the Trump situation, like just because. You know Trump. That don't mean that you good, cause that your leader ain't shit. So it's like doesn't matter. But um, it works in your favor too. So if, as long as you're you're a good communicator, as long as you know what you're doing, if you could get that in, yeah, use it. Like use your privileges. Like mm-hmm. that's why. And another thing about privileges, like I'm not too mad about privileges because of course if if I have a privilege, I'm gonna use it to my advantage, just like somebody else is using it. So yeah, get get in where you fit in. Now, if you don't know what you're doing, don't get in there. <laughs> you feel me? Yes. But if you do, you know. That's a great point you brought up, right? And this might be a hot take. I, I get shit on this show all the time for all the hot takes. <laughs> I have. But I personally do not have an issue with white privilege. I think the hate when it comes to white privilege is kind of misrepresented. We should be mad that we are not given the same privileges that they are. We shouldn't mm-hmm. be mad that they have those privileges. Mm-hmm. Because I think some of the privileges they have are just regular human shit. Like, what are some of the examples of, of white privilege? I think, I'm going I'm to uh, reply to what you said before, but I think uh, advantage of the white privilege is being able to look, being, being looked at as safe. Everyone should be looked at as safe. Right. And that's the problem. That's, yeah. the, that's the problem people have with uh, white privilege. Now, I don't blame people for being white, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Because they can't, they can't um, help that. They're white. 
You know what I mean? Just like we can't help being black, we other people can't help being themselves. But there's something to say about um ignoring that you have this privilege. Don't don't feel bad about it, but do acknowledge it. But is being viewed as safe a privilege though? Shouldn't that be a right? Like if you are a safe person, I would say black people are we don't have the right to 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 um to be viewed as safe. I think you mm-hmm. said it in one of your songs. Like, what is my life worth to a cop or something like that? Mm-hmm. That I don't, my dog's going to go meet the police. Ex- mm-hmm. Exactly. I don't think... Um, I'm trying to say this perfectly. I don't think because a white person has that benefit of the doubt of being a safe person, that is, that's not necessarily a privilege to me. That's just how it should be. Black people, unfortunately, just don't have that. But because it's not how it should be, it's why it's a privilege. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And the reasons why it's not the reason why it's not there for everyone is a problem too. So that's what people try to acknowledge when they mention things like white privilege or anything like that. I do have a problem with people like blaming them for having it, like trying to make people feel feel bad about it because they can't help it. Yes. Now that's another conversation, but it is something to acknowledge that this privilege I'm gonna stop calling it a privilege. That that this this We'll find a name for this, it. Uh, this, <laughs> this thing, unequal this thing treatment. Exists. I would say it's an unequal Fine. treatment. Right. And that's what it is, right? That this thing is exists, and that, that's what needs to be. Pro- that's that's what needs to be solved. But making people feel bad about it, that's I don't think that's the best um, solution because black people have privileges too. You know yes. what I mean? Like we could, you know, we could dance. Let's talk about it. Like um, that's 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 something minimal. Of course, that's just a minimal example. But we could spit bars. Everybody has an example. Like I was telling uh, of of privilege that 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 they take advantage of more than the other another group. I like you know what I mean? That. I like An- that. Another black privilege is this was kind of a, one of my friends from work. He's white, but he's cool, very cool. He's mm-hmm. making like some funny racist jokes. Like I like I, honestly, I like when a good white person makes a good racist joke, but they make it kind of palatable. If it's you know funny, I mean? if it's funny, if it's, it's funny, funny. I'm laughing, bro. Like I. Go ahead, go ahead. So I'm like, a black privilege is that I can get a sound out of your girl that you couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> Yo. That word, though. He said that? I said that to him. Oh, you said that to him? Do you get it? Yeah, yeah come on. Come on, come on. Now, now we there. Don't look at Mel like that and then ask him if you got it. Now I've been on some... Now I've been on some Mookie shit since you got here. But Piff, listen, man, we are happy to have you here with us. I'm Honestly, like I say, we're excited for every interview, and it's for different reasons. Like last, the last interview we had was this dude. He was extremely smart, and he was just giving us knowledge, and I was excited for that. For you, for many other reasons that the, first of all, the way that we all met was very organic. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about very it. organic. We could talk about that too. Um, me and Malcolm, um, we went to this place called Naked, Naked. Retail. Mm-hmm. Which you work at? Mm-hmm. You want to tell the people what Naked Retail is exactly? So Naked Retail is um it's a collaborative retail space that combine that curates different brands, direct to consumer brands that you would see on Instagram or or anywhere on the internet, and give people the opportunity to to touch it. You know, instead of like looking at it on an ad and thinking like, damn, I don't know if I, you know, mm-hmm. but where Naked comes in, they give people the opportunity to experience it and see what these products actually do and the functionality of it, which makes it very, very unique too. You know what I mean? And I don't mind saying where I work at because like, I like being real. Like I no still way. have yeah, a job, yeah, yeah. you feel me? Anybody listening, you know, I still 
you know. But yeah, that's how we met. And then yeah, you guys came in. Yeah, I had the branding, and that was really interesting to me because I'm into branding. I like when people who do some kind of work like know what they're doing. And y'all, y'all seem like y'all knew what y'all was doing. Y'all actually came from Potter that day, right? We just had a podcast. Yeah. So I was like, oh, all right, cool. And then I was just talking to Nick about um, podcasts, and he, you was, you knew what you was talking about, mm-hmm. like, and you know, we just had a. Regular conversation. It was like for 25, 20, like 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. We was just chatting. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, wow, this dude is smart. And before, honestly, before I even knew that you were really good at what you did, I'm like, yo, we need to have you on the podcast. Because even if you were trash at music, which you're not, <laughs> we're going to get into that in a little bit. Like, this is a cool dude, very smart, and it mm-hmm. seems like he's knowledgeable on a lot of things. So, yeah, the way we met was organic. But I was saying, like, I'm excited to have you on for multiple reasons. Number one, you are really good at what you do. Thank you, bro. Um, and secondly... I look at you as someone, like, the no part about this podcast is that we're young, we're not a big draw, but I mm-hmm. think a lot of people see a little bit of potential in us. And to have someone like you on a show, I look at this as in five years, we could sit back and say, yo, we had Piff Marty on the show. Mm-hmm. Because you are someone who everyone knows, because your talent is like that. Mm-hmm. The shit that you make, the the, the, the the shit that you put on IG, bro. I honestly don't know what to um, categorize it as. Because I don't want to just say it's music. It's I look hard. at it as content pieces. Mm-hmm. How would you explain it? How would you explain it? Like, um, I'll say it's content pieces too. Like, um, I, I try to figure out how to make myself visible in this space now, especially with COVID going on and just like how the way that music changes. It's, it's actually been changing every year now. So I've been trying to figure out how do I make it make it so that I'm still myself and make just making dope shit. So I just decided to double as a content creator. You know what I mean? And just mixing both of those two has been like real helpful for me too because one is unique and it's something that I've never seen anybody do. I've never seen. No, and I wanted you know to I mean? ask you if you drew inspiration from somebody else because I've never seen anything like it. I mean, I got the idea from from someone like um uh, she's a TV producer named Lyric, Lyric Perez. She was just like you know I and I never met this lady before, but before she told me about it, she was like you know I don't know I see you doing these these TikTok songs, these small these one minute videos. I don't know something about you. And I'm like all right cool. And then I just all right, then I just Double figured down. it out like oh all right I'm actually good at this. So let me just do this because again I've never seen anybody do this. And on top of that, to answer your question even further we had you see all these instagram comedians just doing videos off of their phone and just getting a bunch of clout you know what i mean and i'm like all right if i can do this with music this will be one palatable just because of the intention attention span that we have now making one minute videos and this would just be just it's just refreshing in general so i just wanted to see i just wanted to see how i can do it then i just did it and that's key um how you're mo- you're moving with the times basically. Mm-hmm. And before before I speak, uh, shout out to Chris because that's the main reason why we went to Nega Retail because Chris had um, constructed reconstructed mm-hmm. Nega Retail. I just want to say that. Shout but, out um, to Chris, man. Definitely shout out to Chris. Shout out to Chris. Hell yeah. But um, you're moving with the times, bro. Mm-hmm. She w- she was saying to you, um, I don't know, you're making these one minute TikTok music videos, and this is something I didn't do, and she just said like, I see you doing it. Exactly, and she <laughs> realized that. And and that's I was saying the same thing because I'm watching I went on your YouTube page and I'm watching your music videos and I'm like yo these shits is too short like what the why are they only one minute songs I'm thinking every time you posted a video on IGTV mm-hmm. there's more to it on YouTube mm-hmm. I go on YouTube it's the same it's- thing <laughs> I'm like yo what the fuck but it makes sense bro because people um 
what I'm, what am I trying to say? Um, our attention spans are a lot shorter. Yeah, it's our attention spans are a lot shorter, mm-hmm. and they get more from you. Okay, mm-hmm. one minute. Okay, I, I could do another minute of Piff mm-hmm. Marnie. I could do another minute of Piff Marnie, mm-hmm. and it's art to your work too. And it's the visuals is so key. And also, I wanna, I want, I wanna talk about the, uh, the, the workout, mm-hmm. uh, music video. <laughs> The reason why I want to talk about this is because the visuals, my man, the visuals is very important here. You turn a before and after picture, Mm -hmm. a body transformation into a whole fucking music Mm -hmm. video, bro. So that's what what sparked me wanting to, that was another thing that sparked me wanting to do the videos in general. So at first, I wanted to do like a, a transformation video because I got big. I got I got the COVID fifteen. Like okay. you know, I got a little, <laughs> had a COVID. I got a little gut. I'm not fifteen. It was COVID fifteen. You know what I mean? I got a little big. Just How a you little get bit. Big? Let's talk about that. <laughs> just like, bro. So big. during during the whole pandemic, I was in the crib smoking weed and just eating food. Munchies on deck every day. What you and eat? I just What's kept, your favorite? What was your favorite? Like. Honey buns, cereal, like big bowls <laughs> of cereal. Just I'm eating everything. And this was when I was eating meat too. So I was just eating burgers every day. I was just eating Damn. a bunch of shit. But um, yeah, I wanted to do a transformation video. And it was just going to be like a regular montage with just... Because I wanted to get on TikTok. So I was just like, how do I like make quality content on TikTok? And it was just going to be a regular montage with somebody else's song. And I'm like, yo... I could rap. Why don't I just make the song myself? And then I was like, oh, I can just make it about this. This would be real dope. I haven't seen this before. And I did that. It came out real fire. And I'm like, oh, I can just keep doing this with just a bunch of different topics because I have the capability to do it. And then it just sparked black hair. Then that sparked regular people and and all these other stuff. So that's how it started. The Mm -hmm. the type of, oh, wow. That's what gave me the confidence to do it. How long was that process, though? To like two months Cause I had to lose the weight That's you know what I'm saying bro <laughs> <laughs> This motherfucker had a bear gut To a fucking six pack Uh huh Bro And that's why I'm like yo How long did this take? You said two months? Yeah That's that's really dope That you Envisioned An idea for content And mm-hmm. it actually led to you Improving something in your real life mm-hmm. And that's something Different. Me and Mal talk about On this podcast all the time Like this shit it's a podcast. We do a lot of shit for show because, you know what I mean? It's a show. It's performing arts. Mm-hmm. But it actually helps us do good shit in real life. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. How do you feel about this? Personally, with the podcast, I feel like every interaction, everything I do, I'm constantly thinking, how can this be content for the podcast? Do you do you think like that? Mm-hmm. Like Everything in life, every mm-hmm. interaction, every silly or funny or even sad thing that happens, like, how can I flip this into some type of mm-hmm. content? No, I I do think that because it's it's real shit, like you know what I mean. Like if you you consume my content, you know that this is all things that people are either thinking mm-hmm. or actually going through. So it's it's important to look at life like that because you can then put it in your art, and then people can receive it in a way where it's not superficial. They can learn from it and can really like um get better because of it. Mm-hmm. You know that's why that's the reason why I do what I do too. Because I mean I used to do it just you know like. Every for the same reason that everybody become a rapper, money, clothes, hoes. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> but I'm like, I don't. As I got older, I didn't really care about that. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's not that deep. And, and you you can look into the past. Like everybody who's gotten big tell you that money isn't that important. All this shit is not important. So I don't. I'm gonna learn from those people's mistakes and try to redefine what my values are. Mm-hmm. And that's what led to me just making the type of content that I, that I make. And I want to make important work. Like, I want to make... I say that I make music for people 
who don't know how to say what they feel. Mm. You know what I mean? Don't, or don't know how to communicate it. And that's where I come in. And then like, yo, this is exactly how I feel. Thank you. So You just said a few things I want to touch on. Number one, everyone knows that. I feel like a lot of broke people don't know that. And I'm broke too. We're all broke in this room. Mm-hmm. But I feel like we have a better understanding that money doesn't bring happiness. Mm-hmm. It's unfortunate that you have to experience I'm going to call a cap on that, but go ahead. What? Well, money doesn't bring happiness. I think money alleviates a lot of sadness. I don't think it brings happiness. I actually think that's why when mm-hmm. people get rich, they get really depressed mm-hmm. because their whole life. I, no, 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 I'm saying I don't. I'm, listening, I, bro. I'm not saying you have to get depressed when you get money, but if you are one of these people that think money is going to bring happiness, and then you get it, and you realize, oh, it's not adding any sort of meaning or fulfillment to my everyday life, you get depressed. It's like, what the fuck now? Mm-hmm. What now? I think the answer to that is doing shit that actually fulfills you, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, it's a big. Thing. But if what fulfills you costs money, like, like here's the thing, and you kind of said it, like alleviate it alleviates sadness, and the sadness comes from you not being able to afford mm-hmm. certain things, and when you get the money, you have the time. Money buys time, so once you get the time, you will be able to then go into what you want to do. Now, material things like or just things that are flashy and things that you can show off don't bring the happiness, but money can be a key to the happiness that, you, that you're looking for. 1,000%. You know what I mean? But money isn't everything. I think a lot of people misuse it, and that's where it comes yeah. from. Yeah, 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 yeah. They misuse it for just, the, as you said, the material shit, vacation, mm-hmm. even to buy friends, and then you get further away from that actual happiness. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And that's when you fucking hit rock bottom because it's like, damn, I've been living this life for so long, and I really don't know what I want to do. Mm-hmm. That's when you don't know yourself, too. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? You let money... That's Yeah, just that's letting something else control you. If you let something else control you, you ain't never going to be happy in mm-hmm. life. And you, you know what I mm-hmm. realized? I, I've never heard a guy like Elon Musk or, or Jeff Bezos or any of them come out and say that they're unhappy. And I think that's for a reason. I think when it comes to rap and, and sports and stuff, a lot of people make money easy. It's mm-hmm. kind of easy money, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. If you have a talent, you put, you put in the work, you're going to get rich. Mm-hmm. And then... The rest of your life, you're kind of like, oh, what the fuck do I actually like? Mm-hmm. With guys like Jeff Bezos and them, I think their life, how can I say this? Like, their life is set up in such a way in which they're achieving things, and that brings a happiness. So when they get the money, mm-hmm. they kind of already feel fulfilled. Does that make sense? No, I see what you're saying. Like, for those guys to make money, they have to actually apply themselves. And usually, they're doing something they really love. And they get that fulfillment from that. From that. Mm-hmm. And that's why, no matter if you have $100 billion, I'm not going to stop because mm-hmm. the money is not what's going to bring happiness. Mm-hmm. It's the it's a application of myself every day. It's achieving things that brings me intrinsic happiness that I'm intrinsically motivated to do. And mm-hmm. I think that's where it comes from. And that's why it's important to to know who you are before you, before you get money. So cuz once you get money and you don't know who you are, you end up spending it on a bunch of things that don't give you that don't satisfy your heart or your spirit. Mm-hmm. So knowing yourself and and, and just like Knowing the people around you, knowing what your values are, will be very, very important. Because, like, once you get money, you can now use that to to heighten and amplify what you already know about yourself and all the values that you have. Too. Yes, and you can find like you know what you what you fuck with. They they always say what what you do with a little bit of money is what you're gonna do with a lot of money. Mm-hmm. So those behaviors just gonna be amplified. That's actually one of the things I wanted to ask you. <clears throat> Like when I, I was going through your YouTube video, a few your YouTube page a few days ago, yeah. and obviously the content has changed. You just mm-hmm. told us how you came up with this new content. Mm-hmm. I know, like three years ago, when you were making, um, did you have a song called Relentless? Is that the name of it? Represent. 
Represent. Mm-hmm. I love that song. Mm-hmm. But it's like, okay, that's a completely different Piff Marty. Mm-hmm. That's that's a great song. Mm-hmm. But do you feel like if you had gotten rich back then, you would have ever been able to evolve to the point where you are at now? No, because like um, you you heard it before. When you when you don't have money, you got to get creative with it. So me not having the the necessary funds to pay a videographer or pay for studio time all the time had me made me get resourceful and use my phone and get a tripod and just like learn how to shoot it myself and if i hadn't if i had gotten big back then i probably would have take for granted the the hard work cuz before i wasn't really working that hard you know what i mean i wasn't you know i just go to the studio um lay something down make a cool song and then if i got big back then i probably wouldn't work hard anymore right. but because i developed a work ethic because i hadn't gotten big now i can i'm able to keep going and sustain that even if when i do get money because I, I think i'm gonna make a lot of money from what i do and things outside of that but because i already have that work at work ethic i could keep going i could keep doing this and yes i'm a different person too and just based on the content that i make too it's just every everything is different i've mm-hmm. grown as a person i've gotten older uh, i've been through shit and, and learned from shit and i'm just a little bit more mature so now i can attack anything that i do with a lot more a lot more wisdom and a lot more a lot more just a clear clear grounded vision. you're grounded, grounded. you're yeah. confident in the yeah, steps yeah, yeah, that you yeah, make yeah. and you, you you know why you're taking those steps mm-hmm. before i was just uh I'll be candid and transparent. I was I was pretty insecure. Like I didn't mm. know I didn't know what I was doing, and I was doing I was doing music for not all the right reasons. Yeah, I, wanted I wanted to be to... famous. Okay, I don't give a fuck about fame. Yeah. You know what I mean? The like being famous gives you money. It brings money, but it doesn't bring you like peace of mind. I value peace of mind now, and because of that, once I stopped caring about all this shit, once I stopped caring about likes, once I stopped caring about views, I started getting them. You know what I mean? <laughs> they all yo, and it's crazy you love Andrew Schultz. He says that exactly mm-hmm. in podcast. Mm-hmm. He was like, bro, I always wanted to get a fucking uh, a comedy special from Netflix, Netflix and all these and different guys. And, like and when I finally said, fuck y'all, I'm about to I'm please the people mm-hmm. and do it for myself, everything came. Everything came. And that's a life lesson. Mm-hmm. That's a life lesson. Mm-hmm. I forgot something I was just about to say. Damn, I completely forgot. That's all right. <laughs> You smoke? I uh I dibble and dabble. Mm. I I probably I, getting old too. Huh? Another thing too. You play football. Oh, yeah. well, in college I used to smoke a lot. That'll do it. I was a big smoker. <laughs> I the other thing is I have a love hate relationship with smoking. I'm not someone who mm-hmm. could be productive when I smoke. Mm-hmm. I'm lazy as fuck. I want to eat mad shit, mm-hmm. and I just want to watch TV. Like do nothing productive, but. When I have a really good trip, and I appreciate my trips now, I used to just get me anxious. My trips usually lead me to very good thoughts. Mm-hmm. And then when I get so when you I'm, let it, when, you when let I it. let it, mm-hmm. now I've, I've been able to let it take it take its course because mm-hmm. I don't think too much. I just personally have to get outside where there's not a lot of people and just walk around. Mm-hmm. I have to do that, and then thoughts start coming. Oh shit, you're not. You know what I mean? Certain things like I was telling Malcolm a few podcasts ago. I feel like I wasn't being kind enough to the world. And I never realized that until I got high as shit. And I'm like, yo, you're always arguing with Malcolm. You're always like, you're, you're always kind of being a dick when your mom talks to you. Not that I'm rude to my mom, but it's like, mm. 
I'm not as kind as I need to be. And I would have never been able to come to that realization if I didn't get high and shit. Mm-hmm. So I, for me personally, I realize the fucking value in some good weed, man. Mm-hmm. That's the thing about drugs. <laughs> like, word. <laughs> like, quality. And it was funny. You called it, it's funny that you called it a trip. I never heard anybody call um, a weed high a trip. For me, it's trippy as fuck. Mm-hmm. I go, bro. I, I go into the dark hole sometimes when it comes to weed. Like, And that's the great thing about it, too, though. like, Because it can be used to like pacify things and, and make you not want to think about the certain things that you need to think about. But that's that will make people stay addicted. The way that you use it, or I don't know if you still use it that way, you're you're trying to f- unlock something. Yes. You're trying to find, tr- find some truth, trying to find something that, yes, that so. can make you grow. You know what I mean? That, that, and it could be scary, too, though. Cause like it it will like all kinds of drugs do, and I think sometimes I consider weed as a psychedelic based depending on how you use it. One thousand percent is you unless so? you're always high and you've built up such a tolerance right. that you don't experience that. Right. If you're like a like a regular smoker, it's definitely a psychedelic. Mm. And if you use it right and you just like let your thoughts come to you, you're gonna you're gonna get a lot of epiphanies. Mm-hmm. But again, you gotta let yourself get there. And the anxiety attacks come when you don't. Like when these thoughts come, you like trying to like yes. pack them in. That's when anxiety attacks come. That's when the bad highs come. So it's, it's dope that you did that. Like a lot of people don't really talk about weed in that way. No, you know for I mean? me, and that's why I had to stop smoking because I was addicted. I, I'll say it straight up. Mm-hmm. I was addicted. I started smoking weed with tobacco, and that really like mm-hmm. locked me in. With the front leaf? Or just, just Bro, tobacco. I used to take games. Like, that's what I used to do. Like, I used to, you, you've rolled games before, right? No, I don't know. That you never rolled a game. A backwood? Yeah, but I don't, I don't, that was like, like years ago. But you know, that. like the guts from the backwood, I would keep that, dry it out. And then mm. when I rolled my weed, it would be like half weed, half tobacco. Mm. And to me, that shit was amazing. Cause you get No, high. it feels good. You get, <laughs> light, you get lightheaded <laughs> and shit. Like, you feel like you on a cloud, bro. Like that's uh-huh. literally one of the best You really feelings. feel high. Yeah, you you feel high, but you also, it's, I, it's hard to explain. It's, as hell. it's hard to explain, but. That's dirty. Have you done psychedelics? No, nah, but. I, I'm not going to say I want to, but based on how I feel about weed and how it can mm-hmm. help you, I feel like I'd be doing myself a disservice if I never did if it. If you didn't, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't, I don't, it's tough. I don't know. I don't know if I want to do that. The thing about psychedelics, and I've only done, I've done LSD. I haven't done mushrooms or anything like that. I would like to try it just to figure out, you know, what it does. But the thing about psychedelics, it acts as like this key to unlock things in your mind that you probably either try to not think about or need to think about. Like it gives you some truth. And one thing, and if I could put like a like a um give it this one sentence or one liner, it helps you feel the things that you already understand. You know but what you mean? pay no attention to. The it. pay no attention to. Can you talk about your trip? Yeah, so I, I had taken it, like I was just doing I, I found it I found it real fascinating. Like I used to like think badly of it just because of the community like black people don't want to do extra shit you know what I mean like that's the white people shit you know what I mean, <laughs> <laughs> just like I mean that, you know? but uh it was interesting to me just because of like different artists that did it like Jimi Hendrix or or ASAP Rocky they, they would talk about it in a way where it doesn't sound like it's like um bad like a druggy kind of thing yeah right? yeah you know what I mean so um I did it with intention. I um I uh, meditated. I did it with my girl. I did it. Okay. We we meditated before because I, I read that if you you need to like really like be present or else you're gonna have a bad trip. 
So I did that. We did that. So um, you you already was meditating like mm-hmm. weeks before. This was like a daily. No, no, no. Right before. No. Right. Oh, so it's your first time meditating? No, it wasn't my first time. Okay. Med- oh, okay, I see what you're saying. Yeah, I meditated. Uh, I don't do it as much anymore, but I, I was meditating like um, frequently before I had done it too. So I was already like in a present space. But and you definitely have to be present if you want to have a good trip. But one one of the most memorable things about it was um, I had went to the we we had went to the roof. At nighttime, just to look at the stars, because that's somebody. Somebody on YouTube said like, um, you understand space differently when you when you're on LSD, right? We went to the roof. I looked in the sky. It was like hour six of the trip, right? We look into the. I look into the sky and I felt myself floating in space with Earth and rotating. And you and it's something that you already understand. Like, yo, we're in space. We're we're in space right now. You know what I mean? But you kind of, I, I felt it though. Like I felt like I saw the edge of Earth. And Earth is, I don't, I'm not a flat Earther, but I felt like I, I know saw, what you're saying. You like I mean? you, yeah, like you're kind of outside of it, kind of thing, experiencing it. Yeah, and I'm, but I'm in it though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, it, yeah. and I felt it, and that's what I meant by things like that you already understand, but you feel it. Mm-hmm. So just imagine that with just anything that you do. You know what I mean? It helped. It helped me understand certain things that I, I just. I would say like when you, when you when you get older, you kind of lose that that mal. You you're, you're not your brain isn't um, the neuroplasticity. Mm-hmm. You don't you don't really like learn things anymore. Things aren't new to you anymore. Exactly. But when you when you are on LSD, things are new. Things are vibrant. You're, you're able to receive things in a way that your ego wouldn't let you before. Just for whatever reason, whatever pre predispositions you had. When you're on LSD, you you say fuck all that. I'm ready for what the world is trying to give me. That's it's, the, it's, it's crazy. That's it's, the, it's the world. It's you, amazing. You use the exact word I, I was thinking about ego, right? And and for mm-hmm. me, bro, I'm going to be honest with you. When I smoke weed, this is what happens to me. Maybe not on a heavy level, but that's mm-hmm. why we just kind of like a psychedelic to me because we all experience things, right? Like young black men, like we have to be so fucking tough mm-hmm. just to make it through this world that we live in. Mm-hmm. And we create these really like hard exteriors and it, we're kind of like, like, like concrete, and we don't let things penetrate us anymore. Mm-hmm. It's very few things we let penetrate us. Pause. No homo. That's, <laughs> yeah, a, that's an what? example of it, though. Word, word, you, word. You, 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 no, but you pausing it is an example of something not not penetrating. I, you know absolutely, I mean? absolutely. So it's like, yeah, go, go on, go on though. And we're so blind to, as you said, things we know, things we should understand, things that are going to make us better men, better husbands, better sons. Mm-hmm. But as as we said, that hard exterior, which is extremely beneficial, I understand why we like we have it. But mm-hmm. when you get on these trips, it's like, oh shit, I've been doing myself a disservice the whole time by not allowing certain things to penetrate me, mm-hmm. by not allowing certain emotions to come into me. Like, I kind of treat my girlfriend like shit. Mm-hmm. Like, why am I always angry every time she speaks to me? Like, I'm being mm-hmm. a dick. Mm-hmm. Things that you, you're so set in your way of living, you just kind of go like, this is how I am. This bitch is annoying. Mm-hmm. Like, whatever it may be, And bro. then you be like, maybe maybe I'm wilding. Ma- uh-huh. Yeah. But you're, not, but you're not like, oh, I'm wilding. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know I mean? Exactly. But yeah. when you get in that trip, it's like, I'm wilding. Yeah. I'm wilding, wilding. <laughs> yeah. like, She's right. I yeah. need to listen to her. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't be like that. And that's the thing. Like, um, it's crazy because at the same, drugs at the same time, like, kind of like, Limits your emotions, but it also heightens it at the same time too. You know what I mean? What kind of drugs are we talking? Um, I'm not like weed, psychedelics. I mean, I've never done mm-hmm. coke or meth or anything like that, so I can't speak towards that. You know what I mean? <laughs> but those kind of drugs, like, 
I'm not gonna say LSD actually, but weed. Like sometimes a lot of people smoke it just to like not feel anything, mm. but then you end up feeling everything. Right after <laughs> you, you back me? into reality. Mm-hmm. When you come back from yeah. If your if you if you let it though, I'm emotional as fuck on weed, bro. I remember one time, and number one, this but it's was, probably because you're emotional as fuck in general. I'm though. an emotional person. You know what I mean? Which is a good thing and a bad thing. If it you can't kinda, control it. My, yeah, I can't control my emotions. I know why it is, and that's why I'm working on it right mm-hmm. now. You know what I mean? Everything comes from things that we experience as kids. But um, one time I got high as fuck in Brooklyn. And mind you, I really don't smoke in Brooklyn. Like, <laughs> I usually smoke. <laughs> nah, first of all, the weed out here is too high. Gas. Bro, oh my God. Straight loud pack. Yeah. Are you putting something in the weed out here? Probably. Bro, I will take <laughs> one hit, bro. Mm-hmm. High for six, seven that hours. Rapper weed. You can't <laughs> smoke Word, that bro. Shit, bro. It's like that's, what? That's what Nick be saying, bro. I'm not smoking this rapper weed. <laughs> no, nigga, crazy. I'm not smoking Brooklyn weed. Send me that shit from upstate, nigga. Come <laughs> on, let me get that low grade. I don't know why people hate reg so Reg is, I like reggie reggie. is so fire, bro. It's, All right, it's not so far, but it's like it's it does what it, it needs do to do. Do the job, and right. that's the thing. Like I'm spilling all the beans right now. My mom <laughs> be like, "What the fuck, Nick?" But when I went to Trinidad the last time. Their weed is all homegrown. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Same with Jamaica. And you smoke mm-hmm. it, and it's like, oh, this is this what weed is supposed to be. Supposed That's to be what like. it's supposed to be. You're supposed to be cool, calm, relaxed, Nagging. and not feel retarded, mm-hmm. and not feel anxious. Mm-hmm. That's what the weed do to you. Mm-hmm. And you know what's similar to that? CBD. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Have you ever smoked? Fact. Oh, yeah. That Okay. That's what I smoke. CBD feel like what weed is supposed to be mm-hmm. like. You know what I mean? That's what I smoke primarily. Really, CBD. CBD. Okay. Like I don't even smoke. Like I, I'll take a puff or two of like, of like THC, but I don't smoke whole blunts anymore or a half a blunt either. Even I've never THC. been a facer. I think I faced one blunt in my whole life. Yeah, I mean, I for me, I don't need to. You know what I mean? Like, I don't have the tolerance to do that because I don't smoke weed that much in general. But CBD gives you that same feeling, that body high. Not even body out, just that relaxation, that stress relief that you get without the psychoactive effect. And you get a little, you get enough psychoactive to be like, oh, I, yeah, I smoke some shit. Yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? yeah. But it's but not like you're like, yeah, type shit. You feel me? I'm good. Like, you know what I mean? You could do what you gotta do for the day. You know what? I first real, and this is why I used to feel guilty smoking weed because if I got really high and my mom calls me, anybody call me, I can't answer because mm. I. F- Nigga, I know I'm high. I'm not mm-hmm. about to sound like Nick Johnson. I'm about to sound <laughs> wild as fuck. And with CBD, I realized, like, even though I might feel hot, I could just talk like regular. It's yeah. kind of automatic. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? But what was I saying? I was saying something. Uh, you were talking about uh, weed. Um, how it how it uh how would it helps you with your feelings? Oh yeah, one, so I smoked the weed in Brooklyn mm-hmm. and took one hit, bro. Like I took number one, I already smoked r- real small blunts, so I probably took like a quarter of a dime and roll that. Took one hit, was high as hell for like four or five hours, and I remember just sitting down in, in my apartment by myself, and I'm like, "Yo, I really love my mom, yo." And I did I start crying like, yo, this woman birthed me. This woman loves me. She's done everything for me. She suffered for me. And it's like, yo, I just love her. And I had to call her, bro. I just had to call her and be like, yo, bye, dead ass love you. Like you need me to come pick you up from work and shit. Like that's how emotional I get sometimes. That was a call her probably. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she it kind of needed to get picked up from work. She needed that phone call. Yeah, bro. Yeah, word. And it kind of made me understand like even to this day it's carried on like yo you just need to appreciate your mother a little bit more mm-hmm. even though i already appreciate her but sometimes um again feeling what you understand already and sometimes and and so this comes from both perspective right mm-hmm. as a person like for example if, if you're feeling a little bit insecure you've been an insecure person before i'm sure we all have in some type of way mm-hmm. 
you experience life through your insecurities. Mm-hmm. And for example, say you have a girlfriend mm-hmm. and she loves the shit out of you, but she's not expressing it the way that you want to receive it. Mm-hmm. You're not even going to know that she loves you mm-hmm. and you're going to be hurt. Like, wow, Yo, yeah. this bitch don't care about me. Meanwhile, she's worrying about what the fuck she has going on in her life. Her mm-hmm. boss was just rude to her. She came home with an attitude and you're feeling some type of way like, oh, mm-hmm. this bitch don't love me. And you take it personally. You take it personal. Mm-hmm. And I think we all need to understand that we all have insecurities. Mm-hmm. And when we communicate with people, we should try to make it as clear as possible how we feel about them. Without projecting. Without projecting. Mm-hmm. And understanding that I know I love my mom, but maybe I'm not loving her in a way that she can readily receive the love mm-hmm. and understand. Right? Because at the end of the day, bro, like when you love someone and when you when you appreciate someone, the goal is to make them feel that. Mm-hmm. Right? Just loving them inside is not enough. Mm-hmm. I want you to feel the love I have for you. So babe, come on, let's go, let's go. And I like what you do with your girl. You treat your girl nice all the time and you know what I mean? I, I'm sure Serena feels loved by you. That's a fact. That's a fact. You gotta take care of your lady. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know much to say about it, but yeah, that's really it. Everything you said, bro. You want her to feel that she's loved and being taken care of. And people and people experience love in different ways, right? So and it's always based on how they grow up. So the way that you receive love or didn't receive love will end up showing in the way that you give love. And it's and it's important to be like cognizant of that too. And that's probably that experience. That's probably what you experienced with your um. With your mom, or if in any relationship that you had, like, yo, I am doing something that was done to me, or I'm doing something that I think needs to be done because I didn't experience it in a way that mm-hmm. I, I was supposed to, you know? So, it's, you, all, it's all love Have you ever it. experienced a relationship feeling because of that? Two people loving differently? Yeah, absolutely. Because, like, um, you grow up differently. And and you experience love in in a in a different way. Like for me, with my parents, I didn't get um much affection, affectionate love. So I'm not. I wasn't used to receiving affection. I would receive it in a way where like, oh, you all right? This is cool, but I don't know how to take it in yeah. because I didn't experience it. Like the way that I experienced love, or what I thought was love, was wasn't wasn't the best way. Like it was a lot of mm-hmm. like you know like. Just negativity. And I would expect I would look for that in my relationships too. So if I did see it in my relationship, this makes if I did see it in somebody I found attractive, oh, this is where I need to be. Mm. And I would end up just not being with people the fuck. Uh, That's a big ass fly. That shit. (laughs) And I would and I would end up being in in toxic relationships just because I was in a uh, I had a toxic relationship with my parents. This is what I grew up being used to, and once I did get into a relationship where that was actually healthy, I didn't know how to receive it, mm. and so I had to like learn how to do it. And that's one of the things that LSD helped me with too, just learning how to receive it in a way that that although I wasn't used to, I can learn how to be used to it. How are you actively learning about that? How are you actively working on yourself, knowing that that's a thing about yourself? Just, just, just choosing to. So one thing that we make mistakes of doing as humans is just letting ourselves just be, which is good and bad too, but you bad too because it, it takes away accountability. Yes. It makes you say, Oh, this is how I am. Yes. Uh, this is this is what I do. You know what I mean? I can't I can't help it. Pay. This is what <laughs> no, but you feel me though? Yeah, like but once once you choose to love like just using my example, I chose to love. You know what I mean? I had to make the active decision because love is an action. It's a verb. Loving. You know what I mean? So you have to do it. 
even though it is a it is a, a a feeling, you do have to actively do it continuously, and and that that helped me a lot. And you saying that that that's how I am too. Like mm-hmm. I would talk to Serena and I would tell her like, yo, this is just how I am. It's either you like it or you don't. Right. But I am coming to the realization that it's okay. It's fine to be like that, but you have to have a balance of having that guard up. This is who I am. You mm-hmm. like it or not. And then it was a point where you got to be emotional to her of um, listening to her and mm-hmm. expressing yourself more. You understand what I'm saying? And, and, and like, we're going to go out to eat later on tonight, but, but it's just me and her. I'm trying to express myself more of what can I talk about? What can I speak about? Mm-hmm. You understand what I'm saying? And being, showing love and showing, uh, and being caring. Like, like you said. And if you're not like that naturally, it's, it's hard. It like, I'm hard. not, I'm not like that naturally. Yeah. I had to, I have to, and I'm still learning to be like that. If I could be transparent, I'm still learning how to be that way. But I had to choose to do it. Yeah. I'm naturally selfish. You know what I mean? Like, Are you just, Aries? No, I'm a, um, I'm a Cancer Leo cusp. I don't know. Okay. Like, okay. okay. <laughs> like, last, my birthday is on the last day of, of Cancer. But on my birth chart, it says I'm a Leo. So I don't mm. know. I, it depends on how I feel that day. Okay. I'll tell you what I am. You know All what right. I mean? Today I'm, a, today, I'm a Cancer. All right. So, <laughs> but um, I'm, I'm naturally I'm naturally selfish. Um. Same. I had to. I have to learn to be selfless. I have to learn to be, to to think of others, because you know, and and, it, and that that's kind of on brand for an artist, you know, being like having being egotistical and having, uh, have just being self serving. But again, something I had to learn to not do. What about the feeling you get when, let's say, your uh, friends crack a joke on you? I'm trying to. I'm trying to bring a perfect example to this. Mm-hmm. Um. Perfect example would be like, yo, I'm going to be here at 2.30, right? And mm. you don't get there at 2.30. Your friends crack a joke. Mm. Like, oh, this man saying he's going to be at 2.30. Do you feel offended? Um, I guess would I, you feel offended? I, I used to. Used like, to? I used to, think, I used to think, take things personally all the time. Yeah. But it's not it's not that deep. Exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I had to I had to learn how to, to make jokes about myself or take jokes about on myself, too, because I would be cracking jokes, too. I would be a hypocrite if I, if I, if I take things personally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I only ask you that because you said you're a selfish person, and I deal with that sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like there was a recent incident, and my friend said, "Oh, we're gonna be at two thirty And I was listening to a podcast, and um, the gentleman was talking about, "Yo, answer a joke with a joke." Yeah, answer a joke with a joke. So I'm like, I'm trying to think of a joke. All right, what joke <laughs> can I say now just to make this whole shit funny? Right. Instead of taking it, um, being tight. Yeah, yeah. Being like there's tight, no, there's no reason to be mad because yeah. then at, at the end of the day, like these are your friends. Just because they say something doesn't mean like, because I, I think when you do take it personally, it, it's actually an active um, example of your insecurity, yes. and you're just projecting. You're projecting. Oh damn, I, I I am late, so maybe I'm not this good of a person. But you're not actively thinking about that. Your reaction because of your pride is making you react that way. You like yeah. so you react. You just get tight. Like, why would you say that? Mm-hmm. When really you just mad because you kind of think this about yourself. Yes. And you're you're like, oh shit. One. Th- but you don't think that at the moment in the moment because of your ego and pride. Yeah. It just be like that. And, and and number one, responding to an insult with a joke, as you said, you should respond to it with a joke too because there's power in that. And, or just laugh. And just laugh yeah. because you know what, self self deprecation is one of the best things any anyone could um develop and mm-hmm. another thing about taking things personally is it's one of the most stupidest things you can do because like we all exist in different worlds right mm-hmm. we in our our minds is like we are a world within ourselves and the way i view my world is not the way you view your world depending mm-hmm. on what's going on in my life so uh 
<clears throat> uh, insult or or just a regular statement directed at you is not. I I probably don't mean it the way that you're going to interpret it, mm-hmm. right? And she probably got nothing to do with you. Exactly. Even though that you're per- in it, it probably don't got. That nothing person to do with you. is probably angry. His wife might just fucking cheated on him, and now you're taking on that insecurity, right? This is there's this book called The Four Agreements. Have you heard of it? Oh, I was just about to read it. I was just about to read it. Come on, come on. Come on. That's so, how that's how the, that's how crazy it is. But go ahead. Tell that, the people that book, about it. That book is my Bible because it actually is one of the main reasons we were talking about my growth earlier. That is one of the reasons why I grew. Just reading that book. For those that don't know what the four agreements is, it's a book that's um based on these four principles. It's written by uh, Don Miguel Ruiz, and he takes these four principles from the the Totex. These, it was these a uh, group of people in um I forgot I don't know I don't remember what time period, but mm-hmm. yeah. And the four agreements are um, don't take things personally, uh, always do your best, um, be impeccable with your word, and and um don't make assumptions. Right. The two that most people have a problem with is don't make assumptions and don't take things personally. Right. The way to to help with that. And uh, to talk about what we were just talking about, about not taking it personally, it's just understand that nobody, any, everything people do has nothing to do with you. Nobody is doing it. Everybody has their own story. Yes. And people do things because that's just how they view the world. If you take it personally, that makes you, that's your ego speaking. It's like, I am so important that what this person is doing is because of me. Yeah. And they're not recognizing me. I I need to be I need to be the most important thing in this room. And if you're doing something that fucks that fucks me over, or 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 if you compliment me, it's only because of me. It's because I'm the biggest thing in this room. So taking things personally is not only something that you shouldn't do when it comes to negative things. It also has to do with positive things. You can't take compliments personally because that means it will it will it will feed your ego, and then you'll end up. Um, Living your life looking down at people inadvertently. You you know what happens? You fall harder. Like if you take compliments, like say mm-hmm. I really value your opinion, and you're just giving me compliments, and that shit is mm-hmm. hyping me up, mm-hmm. and I'm on the top of the world. As soon as you say something bad, my world is pulled out from yeah. under me, and you fall even harder. Mm-hmm. That's why I shout to Charlemagne to God. Like you're never as good as they say you are. You're never as bad as they mm-hmm. say you are. You, you just are. Yeah, you should be. <laughs> you feel and, me? And one of the, one of the important are. things that you said was your insecurity is kind of a reflection on how you feel about yourself. Mm-hmm. So, like, if you are the, a person where you know you taking care of business and you working hard as fuck, if someone says something good, it's like, all right, bro. Yeah, yeah. I know. I'm doing yeah. it. It's, yeah, like, it's, like, it's like when somebody loses a bunch of weight and everybody's like, yo, bro, you look so good. Like, yeah, nigga, I know. <laughs> I did that. Like, motherfucker, I did right, that. Yeah. Right. That's so, why it's important to have, like, good self-esteem because nothing anybody says will affect you. It won't raise you. It won't lower you. You just know what you are. So you can just say thank you and then keep it pushing. The good you know and I mean? the bad. And, uh, but, and that's that's the thing about it, too. Like, once you start... Once you start not taking things personally, then it's on you to like have that self esteem because now nothing can affect you except yourself. So if you have a low self esteem and you don't take things personally, it's gonna fuck you over too because you're just in your head talking bad on yourself. Mm-hmm. But if you think highly of yourself, nothing, nothing will affect you, and then you're just able to just move seamlessly through life. Dope, dope. One of my favorite songs by you is Uni. Mm-hmm. And as Let's soon as I listen it. to that song, I'm like, oh shit, this, <laughs> this brother is on a different level. This nigga is thinking crazy. How how did that come about? So um I always I always advocate for um 
education, but not in the way that has been presented to us over the years. And that's that's through higher education. Now, I was one of those kids who who got C's and D's and 65's and 55's all the time, but I'm not dumb. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I know I'm not stupid. I just don't want to have to prove to you that I've learned what you taught me. I think the education system is, is flawed. It was based on how factories used to be and where not everybody wants to work in a factory anymore. People, There's people that have creative and that want to be creatives, want to be entrepreneurs, want to be, just want to do anything that doesn't have to do with um, structure or the structure that we were taught, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. But because we're sold this all the time, it puts, it, it makes people fucked up and it makes people go to college not knowing what they want to do but paying forty thousand a year, just to just because people said they need to do it. I'm an example you know I mean? of that. And you talking about that? That's so. I got a marketing degree, right? Mm-hmm. And then I came home, did the life insurance like I was telling you. Mm-hmm. Um, did some sales marketing job. Did sales marketing job. Did the life insurance, and I'm like, all right, these shit suck. I'm gonna go coach football, right? Mm-hmm. It was like, yo, go be a teacher assistant, right? Fine, teacher assistant. And the whole time I'm talking to Jonathan, right? I'm talking, I'm like, yo, I don't really know if I want to be a teacher for the mm-hmm. same reason what you just said, because you don't want to put a box around a kid's mind. You want him to think freely. You understand mm-hmm. what I'm saying? I'm teaching this. I know he's not going to care. Even, in the, even though that's not your intention to exactly. be a teacher, but the system that, that you're going to be in promotes that. Promotes that, exactly. Mm-hmm. And now even today, um, I'm a teacher assistant right now. Mm-hmm. You understand what I'm saying? Um, but certain kids, you realize it's like, yo, I'm not going to get to you. You, you look at me over this way I'm I, I'm at this point where like yo I don't want to deal with these type of kids you understand what I'm mm-hmm. saying I don't want to deal with that's real this. like yeah, keep teachers it don't admit that but you know what exactly, I mean exactly <laughs> but like I, I'm keeping on I don't want to deal with a student like you and there's nothing mm-hmm. wrong with that but how I look teaching and we know how to be a student too in college just mm-hmm. on my phone mm-hmm. like come on how you look teaching and someone's on your phone that means what mm-hmm. you're saying really is not important mm-hmm. and what's on here is more important mm-hmm. so that's why I, I'm fitting away from that Mm-hmm. For that reason, but everything you said is right. Like, you don't. What school does is based off a of factory. There hasn't been no change ever since, mm-hmm. and we've seen the change right now with technology, mm-hmm. like especially for the colleges and everything. I I just know personally that most of the things that I've learned that I'm using was from the internet. A lot of the things I learned in school aren't things that I'm really implementing in what I do, and and I think it's just I think it's just weird that. You turn 18, or whenever you graduate high school, you know, people, you know, <laughs> well, you turn 18 <laughs> and then and you're forced to decide what you're going to do for the rest of your life. Which and by way of college, though. Yeah. You know what I mean? You're going, you're going to go into all of this debt. Most people, a lot of people are in 80, the average debt is like 70, 80K. You know what I mean? And a lot, and I think, I forgot the statistic, I think 61 only 27% of people who graduated college are actually in the field that they grad, that they majored in. You know what I mean? So the other 73% either dropped out or are not in that field. And that's because, you know, they either because they chose a, a major that they realize is not what they want to do or their parents forced them to go to school or or they just, you know, they just don't want to. They you know, yeah. they just it shit change. People change, and you've, you're you're making a big decision at such a young age that ultimately affects the rest of your life. And I think the the hardest part of it is the amount of debt that you accrue 
while going to college. I think that's the biggest problem. There's nothing wrong with being taught anything. There's nothing wrong with education, but having to pay so much money to do something in an age where y'all can just learn this on the internet. I can get my phone and just learn what you're telling me. It's 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 bad. And it, and it, and it, it sorry, to, I know you No, you you're good. And, and it and it and it promotes um it promotes I just don't want to have to prove to you that I learned what you taught me. Mm-hmm. And, and there, there's so there's so much stress that comes with it. There's just so much stress that comes with going to college. Now, don't not to say college isn't good. There's a lot of good things that come with college, like going, like the people that you meet. You know what I mean? Or or the the amount of programs that you're able to. There's things that you learn that you probably wouldn't have learned if you didn't go to college just because of where you live. But at the same time, you're paying so much money to get this. It doesn't the 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 reward isn't um it doesn't balance with the with the risk on a large scale on a very large scale that's my issue like a lot of people say college is a business what does that mean like most businesses they start off with a good intention and they serve a very specific purpose right Mm -hmm. like maybe when the computer was first created it was created for the military to use for very specific like tactical reasons. Mm-hmm. Then everything becomes mass produced and they try to get everybody with it, even though you really don't need it, right? Mm-hmm. College, I and you said it in your song too, like if you want to be a nurse, a doctor, a lawyer, I get it. Yes. College is for you. This is what you need to do. And I think colleges realized that and was like, okay, how do we expand this to just get people to spend money with us? Mm-hmm. That really doesn't mean anything. And I think that's why you have, it, it, it's almost like a, a status symbol. Mm-hmm. Like, you ever heard of a parent talking about their that. kid? It is it a is status that. symbol. And I think that's the manipulation of that system. I think mm-hmm. that's how they market it. And they know that. They know They it. know that. Like, I went to college because um my mom. My mom wanted me to go to college. And I went. Like, I didn't go immediately after I graduated high school, but I ultimately I ended up going. But once I was there, I was like, yo, this is not what I want to do. My career doesn't have anything to do with this. I'm doing this simply because, you know, of outside opinions. And a lot of people are in college because of that. We need to take a quick break. I got to call yeah, yeah. Priest. That should just cut off. Oh, I did? Okay. Yeah, Sorry, guys. We had to take a quick intermission. The camera cut out, but we are back. What were we talking about? College. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think I was saying, man, I think it's just a lot... A lot of people are making really bad decisions. They're putting themselves in a box. They're putting themselves hundreds of thousand dollars in debt mm-hmm. just to achieve a status symbol, symbol mm-hmm. so your mom can say, "Yeah, my son has this degree." Mm-hmm. And that listen—that's what it's become. It that's what it's become. Like my mom is one of the smartest women in the world, mm-hmm. right? And I even—I'm happy I went to college. She definitely forced me to go to college, but I wanted to go to college too. So that was like a partnership thing. But after I graduated college, and I'm like, okay, I need to make money, first of all, because I'm tired of being broke. Mm-hmm. But I also want to figure out what I actually want to do. And she's like, no, you need to start your master's degree now. You need to do this. You need to do that. Number one, my mom is not very forceful, but you feel the pressure. Like, mm-hmm. Nick, you need to go to school. Nick, you need... Well, I think one time she threatened to kick me out of her house if I wasn't going back to school. And I'm like, eh, I have a strong personality, so I'm not going to let that take over. But mm-hmm. it's like... I don't know. You just have to give people, especially young people, the ability to figure out what they want to do without right. putting that pressure on them. And I think the parents are a big part of that. I was going to say, my mom is very smart. and Everything she's taught me in life, I agree with. Mm-hmm. Literally, 
now that I have graduated and she wants me to go to grad school, this is the only thing I tell her. Like, yo, I don't like how you move on this. Like, this is not because education saved you. It might not be my path. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what parents need to understand because where they come from, education was the gold card. It was exactly. the key to everything. In our generation, it's not. It's not. It so could play a role, but it's not the whole. It's not everything. But There's it a lot to more. Not play a role too. Yeah, I think it's a certain <laughs> education though. Mm-hmm. I'm starting to realize, like when I was looking at um studying for the LSAT, I'm starting to realize, like reading even on um reading on Don Peebles, like he went to uh, um what's what's these schools called? Not charter school. Schools. Charter schools. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, like smaller, and they actually teach you college stuff. And, mm-hmm. I'm, and then I'm starting to looking at the high school I went, and I worked there too, and. These, the teachers is there Yeah they're there to do their job And they're gonna excel With the student that's gonna excel mm-hmm. But I'm starting to think Yo all these kids Should not be in one school There shouldn't be 25 kids In one classroom mm-hmm. um, You shouldn't mix everything up Like this mm-hmm. It's just It's just too much going on For these kids It's too much going on For these teachers At a point It's a point where the the, 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 the teacher job Is to just get the kid To graduate mm-hmm. No matter what If they do all their work Or not They'll be like Yo you don't even have to Do all your work You're senior You ready to go just go. And it also don't matter what you're teaching, too, because the curriculum that, that's being taught now is what worked 50 years ago. It doesn't work the same in 2020. The things that we are learning. Well, and I, I haven't been in, I haven't been in high school since since 20, 2011. Yeah. But at the same time, when I was learning high school, I'm 27. I, you when graduated I was, in 2011? Mm-hmm. Damn, that's a fact. Damn, that's crazy. Yeah, we we, we old. So. <laughs> um. But um, we're being taught things that made sense to learn in the 1960s. It's 2020. There's so many things that that need to be taught that are that's conducive to living a like a good life. You know what I mean? Like learning credit, learning learning tax, learning about taxes, learning learning life stuff. Why don't we? Why don't we? Um, Learn life things in, in college. You, why do, everything is mechanical? Do you think there's a real conspiracy to make us as dumb as possible so that? we are made kind of slaves to the system, like with credit. If they taught us to, let's be honest, America runs off a lot of debt, right? Mm -hmm. Just like in New York City, they're giving you tickets everywhere because that is a real part of the income of the city and the city Mm -hmm. probably wouldn't really be able to function without it. Mm -hmm. Are they purposely trying to keep us dumb so that they could make money off of everybody going in debt? I think I don't think it's as black and white as that. So, for instance, the, the credit system that's being used now was started in 1988, 89. So it's it's fairly new. It's relatively new. Whereas the things that the curriculum that we're learning now was was stuff that was implemented in the nineteen the early nineteen hundreds, right? So I don't think there was time. They don't want to re they don't want to revamp the education system. So that's probably why that um a credit class isn't isn't in the system. But that's that's another reason. But I also do think that there's it's something that they don't want people to know because the more people that know it, the less, um, the more competition that there is, and mm-hmm. then it's it's oversaturated. So I think it's a little bit of both. The more self reliant we become, and the government wants us to rely on them, mm-hmm. and that's why I'm so big on like self education is very important, but a strong household too, because people you don't learn it in school, but then people again start their own family, right? And they don't know shit, right? And it's so just a bl- non ending mm-hmm. cycle, so. You know, it's either you got to change your mindset too. Like when you get older, you know, you go through high school, mm-hmm. you get older, you really have to change your mindset and learn these things on your own so you can teach your kids just so they won't be a victim. 
to the whole system. You understand? That's why I don't completely blame. I don't just like blame the schools and everything. Like, because at the same time, I have to have the accountability. So if the schools aren't teaching me this, I need to still figure out where I need to learn it. You know what yeah. I mean? So I do need to take responsibility. Everybody needs to take, still take responsibility regardless of what the system is. Because a bunch of systems are broken. Yeah. That don't mean that you don't need to still find out. But at the same time, the system does need to be fixed. And that's why Ernie Leach is about the. I'm telling you, Ernie Leisure. Are you familiar with Ernie Leisure? So Ernie Leisure is uh, one gentleman was a fi- is a financial advisor. His name is um, Rashad, and the other gentleman name is Troy Millens, and he's the actual teacher. They um they work up in the Bronx over there, up in, in that area. But um they basically just interview all businessmen, and mm-hmm. like this dude named Wall Street Travel who actually teaches you like on on an episode. But all this shit is free. He teaches you about the stock market. Every Monday, do they do Market Mondays at 8 p.m. where they have Ian Dunlap, who's like a genius with the stock market, and they just go over shit. Over oh, companies. Yeah, and you leave shit. But um, they had a gentleman on Market Mondays who literally started crying, bro. Started crying, breaking down, because he was like, yo, y'all really, like, my big brother. He felt so emotional that he was able to speak to them, and they didn't help him out, bro. And they, they was like, yo, put your cash app um in the comments below. Mm. Ian Dunlap gave him money, Rashad, all of that, bro. And wow. These people are like these people, big brothers, and that's why it's so important. Cause people are realizing, like, yo, I don't need to learn th- this in 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 school. I need to learn. Credit. I need to learn money I, and money, <laughs> bro. Money is really one of the most important things, and it's crazy it's how just it how is. How this country works? If you it's know, how the world works, exactly. but I need to learn how money works. Everything else comes secondary. It's important, but money is how people are able to sustain life. Yep. Here. At least this would be a devil's advocate, right? Because we're talking about how the school system is broken and stuff, and I kind of agree. Mm-hmm. But in, a, I would, just, I don't know if this is the right thing to say. I think majority of people in any given society is lazy. Hmm. Y'all agree with that? Is it laziness? I would say most people have lazy tendencies, and that's why most people don't become billionaires, and most people end up working in a warehouse for a billionaire. But it well, depends. It it it. I see what you're saying, but lazy is subjective. Laziness is subjective. Like, so say, for instance, somebody just wants to be in their basement and just paint. That's what makes them happy. But because they have to make money to do that, and they they probably don't even want to make money from their art. They just want to do that. They just want to paint all day. It doesn't mean that they're lazy. It's just that they're in a system that doesn't that doesn't serve doesn't value what they that. really what right. they want to do. So it's I see what you're saying. Go ahead. You were, I guess you what I was. Tr- I guess what I was trying to say is that I think the school system does play a very important role, because I agree one thousand percent. You can learn anything from any class in the world on YouTube. Mm-hmm. YouTube is probably it's every piece of knowledge on there. How strict or how, what type of level are people going to hold themselves accountable to the point where they actually go learn that stuff? Mm-hmm. I think that's a very small percentage, and I, I guess. If there's a sliding scale of laziness, and I'm not going to say everyone's at the bottom, but I think a lot of people are at a level where they need someone to push them, mm-hmm. right? And I think a school provides that, That, uh, for example, college, it provides that uh, structure where you have a teacher on top of you, your paper is due in two weeks, mm-hmm. so get on top of it. But what are they teaching? That's the thing. The content is the problem not not mm. the the lack of structure? I think the structure is needed. I think it is necessary because some okay. people don't 
people people just don't want to um do it themselves and it just mm. be like that but what is the the content that you're teaching them mm. what is what is how is this going to help me you know what i mean that's the issue with it it's not it's not just the system i mean there's different issues but one of the bigger issues is just why am i learning this mm. what am i learning this for mm-hmm. can i learn something that actually helps me does a college system need a competitor they are having they, i think like, they do your but yeah they do they do they that even if they did get a competitor, I think they're too stuck in their ways. A competitor that an employer would respect. Like, like when you go with a bachelor's degree or master's degree, someone's like, okay, you clearly know something. We're going to hire you. Do you think that there's maybe something like, for example, earn your leisure could create a class where you do earn a certificate. And if you want a finance job, based on experience and based on seeing certain people operate, well, in that field, they're like, oh, you, oh, so you learn from earn your leisure? Okay, we'll take you in. You know, all right, all right. So if you put it that way, I think yeah. If they get a competitor, if they have somebody that's like, um, Google doing making that. them, yeah. Google got a certificate program, so I really? think that's gonna they're yeah. gonna start one like six months to learn whatever trade that is, and then that will be um 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 it will be validated. Think about you learning how to learn online right now. Yeah. That's, didn't I say, like, I think it might have been our first or second episode when the pandemic had hit. I'm like, first of all, the veil has been pulled off from college. We do not need to go to college anymore. Yep. What I say, niggas send their kids to college to either get fucked or fucked up. Like, that's mm-hmm. that's all it is. And you can learn anything from online. Niggas just need to go to a very strict online class, earn a certificate, and then go do what you got to do. I mean, look at the NCAA. You know what I mean? Like, there was a, there was a long time where they didn't let... They didn't let um, the student athletes. I'll say athlete students because they did. They did to play. They did play to play sports first. If it's D three, it's a student athlete. Student athlete. You're a student if you're in D one, you're an athlete student. You're an athlete that also <laughs> goes to school. So, but they didn't let them make money on the side. They couldn't. They couldn't make money off their name at all. And if you do, it's a violation. But once the G League started pulling up and saying like, "Yo, you can just go straight here," or when Instagram pulled up and they were just. They were getting famous without college, because that was the, the point of going to going to the NCAA was so you could get your name out there. Yes. My name is already out there. Yeah. I don't need you. And you say I can't make money. I'm not going. Yeah. And that's why most people started to not go to college because they 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 found something that helps them get get where they needed to go without going. So that's that competitor that you were talking mm. about. And once NCAA started to see that, I was all right, all right, y'all can y'all can come here and then you can get your money. Yeah, they yeah, just passed they something just where passed they can get paid, right? Mm-hmm. Even though they the, the students, the athlete students were fighting for it for years. Yes. But it took them having it took the world changing and, and the athletes to to start getting their own clout and their own money outside of the NCAA for the NCAA to start saying, okay, y'all can do it. If y'all if that keeps y'all here Please, yes, we'll let y'all, y'all do it. Hit. I yep. need y'all. I need y'all because these institutions need us. They do. They need us, but we're 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 conditioned to think that we need them. Yeah, we never realized the power we had until mm-hmm. they started seeing. Um, I don't know who they like. For example, a metal ball. Who is has other perfect than, example? He yeah. might he might be the most famous basketball player to enter the league in a very long time, even more than Zion Williamson, because I think he has more followers. We understood that Zion might have been a better player, but from fame and the amount of notoriety he's going to bring to the league, Melo is probably number one. Easily. He has more followers than his team (laughs) on IG. (laughs) No, it's crazy. Uh, It's been known him since, what, eighth grade? Yeah. I'll be honest. It's really weird to watch him play in the NBA. It is. 
because we see him as a kid, bro. Yeah, I still. It's so weird seeing him, and he's six eight, and he's nice as fuck, and he's dead ass an NBA player. But it's just hard to register. It's 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 like, like, yo, is this kid really in the NBA (laughs) right now? It's like, wait, what? Throwing throwing passes behind the Uh back. Oops, like it's nothing, bro. Like he been doing this. Mm. Like he been in the league for ten years. And it's so. I think it's it's really really fitting to see him actually be good, because I think we all was like, okay, we know Lamelo. He's good, but how good is he actually gonna be? Right, I think he was always the best. Well, I don't compare to brothers, but you know he was always the more talented one. I don't know, but once he got them got the height, it was like all right, yeah. Levar said that though. Levar said he's gonna be better than Lonzo. And I think that's something with young. It's something with younger siblings. The the youngest siblings that always have like everything that they just have the whole package for some reason. Because you get it. Number one, he grew up as a freshman playing on the best basketball team. In a very long time in America. I know I'll just be saying best. But they, <laughs> I think all five stars from that team have gotten drafted to the NBA. Yeah, I think so. And he was a freshman starting on that team. You think about mm-hmm. it. You compete with your brothers all day long. Yeah. Your whole life. True, true, true. So I think that definitely like upped how good he was going to be. It's crazy, man. It's crazy. I love I, I love watching him. And it's so sad what happened to the middle brother. Mm-hmm. The fact that he's never going to be in the league. <laughs> Think about how he must feel, bro. He going he gonna to get there, though. If he don't get there, I feel like he's going to get there. He has the body size. I want to see him. But it's something about middle children, too, that, that just it just happens to them all the time. And I'm, mm. not like there's a there's a middle child there's a middle child syndrome, and then just, there's things that just happen to middle children for some reason. Well, I know the reason. It's because, you know, you're, you don't get the same attention that the first child got because you're not their first child. You're like, the, okay, oh, we got another one. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we got another one. That's just what it is. And then the baby comes. As soon, as, depending on when the, when your parents have the next kid, yeah. you're not the youngest anymore. Word. Now the you baby lost, is the baby, and now you get you're just lost in, in the sauce quick. It's right? like I was the center of attention. Now I'm not. Right. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. Yeah, and that, and that 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 shows throughout their entire life too. And I think that's just another. A, a sad example, but it's another example of it. I don't know how he feels about it. I don't know him. I don't know these niggas. That's but it's fact. like, <laughs> he probably does feel that way. Like, I mean, yeah. how would you feel if you, and it's not like he didn't want to play football. Like, Peyton Manning, their brother, he didn't want to play football at all. I think mm-hmm. he got hurt, and okay, that was understandable. But he's clearly trying to get to the NBA. Mm-hmm. And probably working his ass off with them. Mm-hmm. And it's like, bro, we're on a roster, and... You're not. <laughs> like, when he won money, like, how is he making money? He has to ask his little brother, like, bro, can you buy me a car, please? Yeah, like, yeah. this shit is heartbreaking. I'm sure, I'm sure, that. I'm sure he's okay. Yeah. Like, I'm sure he's okay, but of course he would want to be in the NBA with the rest of his brothers. Because why, cause why not? You exactly. Know what I mean? like, exactly. But that's another thing about what we're talking about when it came to, like, just having a good self esteem and valuing and just seeing what you value, because things like that could fuck you over and, like, it can make you real depressed and it can make you, like, damn, I, what? I'm not good enough, but it's only because you're comparing yourself to the to what's around you. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So I don't know if 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 Lavar is, is like impl- instilling those values into him. I don't. Again, I don't know them. You know what I'm saying? So, but hopefully, it doesn't it's, it doesn't hurt him that much where he just gets lost in his life and doesn't mm-hmm. know what to do, and ultimately probably does something. You know what I mean? Not to get too morbid, but you know what I mean. Not worried. But no, that's I the shit. Like we you. hear stories like that all the time. You know what I mean? So, have you studied like? Um, cause it sounds like you know a lot about like child development, mm-hmm. like how certain things in your life can affect you. 
Oh, when I went to when I did go to college, I studied psychology. Oh, you did? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's that's part of why I already why I I'm not gonna say no because you don't really. It's all science. It's all like still like um experimental. Like in, in the world of psychology, they're still figuring out things, but there's theories that you know that explain certain behaviors. But yeah, I went to, I studied psychology when I went to um college. So that's why I I'm kind of interested, like very interested in just like mental health. And just developmental behavior. Okay, yeah. I think it's the most interesting shit ever. I think yeah, I think it's one of the most important sciences. Yeah, and that's you know it's another thing about school too. We don't learn about psychology until college. You have mm-hmm. to choose to learn Psycho. about this. I don't know why it's not one of the sciences that we learn in, in high school. Mm-hmm. We learn about living environment or biology, whatever you call it, depending <laughs> on where you at. Um, chemistry and and um physics, right? But Earth not sciences. social sciences, yeah. whether it's um sociology or psychology, and that doesn't make sense because we all have a brain. It's still something that we need to develop and learn about. So I don't know why we're not teaching it. Okay. But I did see something that they are putting like psych one hundred and one in high schools or something. I don't know. I don't. I don't know how many schools are doing it, but it's 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 really important. It. I feel like if I learned psych one hundred and one in high school, I probably I probably would have been able to like evaluate certain things that. I uh, I would have had to do at, in a therapy session myself. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Depending on the type of person. One thousand percent. I was taking this online course, um, child life development, and just by taking that course, I felt like I put myself through therapy because mm-hmm. I started realizing, like, oh, this That's is why. why this is why I can't control mm-hmm. my emotions. Mm-hmm. And then when you realize that, th- that's the only time you're able to deal with it mm-hmm. and fix it. In it's real like, time, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it gives the kid the idea, okay, this is why I'm acting like this. Mm-hmm. And they understand themselves, mm-hmm. and there's a reason behind it instead of, oh, I'm just acting now, I'm just mm-hmm. being myself. No, it's because of this reason. I can look in a mirror and go, how can I change this? Mm-hmm. How do I, you know, change this effect? But psychology is fairly new, though. Like, that's one of the newer sciences. Sciences Like, it started in, um, like, officially in the late 1800s or early 1900s. Whereas everything else was like years and years and years of research, like yeah, hun- thousands of years of research. Whereas this one, they've been it's, it's fairly new. So that's, that's I guess that's another reason it's not all the way proven yet. Whereas all the other sciences have like proven experiences experiments, mm-hmm. while in the social sciences it's just it's theories. Because that's, that's all it could really ever be. Though, it can right? only ever be theory. I yeah. think so because everybody's different. There's mm-hmm. no concrete evidence to... And the thing about child psychology is like... I don't know how to say this. Like, For example, me and you can have the exact same childhood. And I can see the way you have developed and be like, oh, that... He is angry all the time because his dad was an angry person, right? And that's why he's so emotional. But your brother might be completely different, mm-hmm. right? Because and- we don't have the same exact childhood. That's the thing. We don't. Like we, if we're something that's different, something as um precise as being born a different day can change the course of your entire life. You know what I mean? We have different friends. That's another thing. We we go we 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 eat different foods. That's another thing. There's so many factors into how a person becomes who they are that it's just so hard to 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 say put on paper like this is why I'm like this. So that's probably another reason why it's not um. One of those sciences that's still taken seriously because there's no concrete evidence. Again, it's all theory, but yeah, it's and, not. And that's one yeah. of the reasons why it's hard to study too. This is one of the most interesting, interesting. But it's still important to study, though. It is, it is, but it's hard to like. Okay, 
you know how you do like um, the scientific method where you have a, a, a hypothesis and you prove mm-hmm. it. It's hard because like one of the most interesting things I learned is like during the Great Depression, as you said, like being born on a different day, kids who were born like say 10 years before the Great Depression and as it started to hit, they were 18. What they found was that these people became extremely independent, extremely hardworking and extremely self-motivated because... At a small age, right, at a young age of 16, 17, 18, they realize the importance of their family. Mm. And it's like, oh, I'm 16, but I have to work to provide for the family, right? So all young kids were working and, and helping provide for that family. And that built their self-confidence. Mm. Think about being a 17-year-old and knowing that, yo, I am an intricate part of the family surviving. That gives you a certain type of, a, you know what I mean? A certain type of confidence to walk around with. Mm. And the kids who were around 8, 9, or 10 that grew up in that same thing, were lazy as fuck mm-hmm. because all their all the siblings was taking care of them. Mm-hmm. And number one, they didn't have a lot of people there with them because everyone was out working. Mm-hmm. So that's crazy. Like just mm-hmm. being born a little bit different. Yeah. It, it could changes change everything. your entire perspective on life. And then say you are born on the same day. Say you did grow up in the same household. What if you're light skinned and your your brother's dark skinned? You have a different life now. <laughs> they, just because people treat you differently. So it's just it's just hard to to quantify. So, what but, was I, life- but I love it though, just because of because of that though. It's just mm-hmm. so it's so many nuances when it comes to it. What, you say? what was life growing up as a dark skinned brother? You know, it's funny. I'm making a song about it too. Where? But um, give us a little insight. Um, it's being dark skinned and growing up in in um going to school in a Spanish neighborhood too was. I'm not going to say hard, but it's an experience where you have to really learn how to value yourself because colorism exists. You know what I mean? And and if you're not, this is when like being light skin was like, oh, you light skin. Ooh, you so cute. Like I was called, I was called ugly because I was dark skin and I was ugly too. But, you feel me? but it was 51% because you know I, mean? I was dark, you know I mean? 49%. Like, there was you was ugly, but it's not because you was dark skin. Both. <laughs> no, oh, no, no. I just realized what you said. Don't strike that. That's not what I meant. But <laughs> <laughs> let's get this nigga canceled before his career even starts. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, like there was, it was always a time where oh, blackie, oh, and this, and, and, and you know, um, Chappelle show when they had the Charlie Murphy thing, right? When he was like darkness, like you know, <laughs> I walk in a room, darkness, like this is you get bullied because of your skin, and that affects your self esteem. So it's super important to have that. It, like if you have a dark skinned child, like it's it's important to to give them that self confidence without like attributing their skin color to chocolate or whatever like food and shit. Just yeah. like yo, you're dark skinned. This is who you are. Still be that nigga. Yeah, you know what I mean. Still, 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 still. <laughs> you know what I mean. But um, but growing up as a dark skinned kid, it was it was kind of it was kind of tough. Like on my self esteem, just because I wasn't, I didn't feel wanted. I didn't feel accepted, and at the time, and this is with the time where where Africans weren't. Um, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not from Africa, but Africans were looked at as like um African booty scratcher or shit like yeah. that too. So mix mix that with people thinking that um um my family is original, like my they immigrated from Africa. I think we're all from Africa, but my family immig- thinking that my family immigrated from Africa. They they looked at me a different way too, and I'm glad that. 
that look on Africans and dark skinned people has has improved, but there's still a long way to go. That's true. There's you, still a long way to go. You've been to Africa, right? Yeah, I've been to Africa. So I went to Africa. I went to Rwanda specifically. Okay, shout out to, to Rwanda. Teach, to, shout out to Rwanda. It's, it's a beautiful country. Y'all should y'all should really go. Yeah, I I always tell people to go, and this is one of the most. This is the thing I love talking about too. Outside of music, this is what I love talking about. So I went there to teach acting classes. I went with this company called um, Turi Kumwe. Right, I got a um a grant to go. Um, we I told at a summer camp, one of the most fulfilling experiences I've ever had ever had in my life. Simply because I was in a new country. Um, I was in another continent. You know what I mean? Just a whole other continent, a whole nother, different way of life. It was on Motherland. the east. Yeah, you, know, you know what you know what I mean? And it just it just gave me a lot of perspective because one, I was helping mold young minds because I never taught before, so that's one thing. But it also showed me how to how to appreciate certain things that I have over here. You know what I mean? Because you know certain countries in Africa are poverty stricken to a degree where if 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 you you if you're not used to it, you're gonna cry when you're there. You know what I mean? Like there was a time where the, the the realizing moment for me was when I was doing a lesson, trying to do a lesson. I try to get my my students to do scene work based on social issues, right? So I try to ask, I, well, I ask them, what's the certain things that you go through as a as a um, as a Rwandan, right? One of them said um, the education system. Sometimes they have to have to um, import um, people from outside of the outside of the country to teach them because it was there weren't a lot of teachers. I'm like, okay, okay. Then um, somebody said um, poverty. Like, it's, it's there's a lot of poverty. And in an effort to relate to my students, I was like, oh, you know what? It's interesting that you say that because um, in America there's a there's a um, issue with poverty. There's an issue with poverty. They started laughing. It's a different right? type of poverty. And I'm like, I'm looking at him like, what the fuck are you laughing for? Right? Mm-hmm. I mean, of course I didn't say that, but I'm like, what the fuck are you laughing for? Meanwhile, I'm saying this with Adidas pants on, a thousand dollar phone in my pocket, prescription lenses, um, um, American an American Eagle shirt, and then that's that's like pop when you're here. Yes. But over there, this is a, a thirty dollar shirt. Whereas the average salary of Wanda is six hundred American dollars. The yearly salary year. is Average yearly is six hundred to eight hundred dollars. And I think on Africa year. as a whole, it's way lower than that. I think I read something where it's like the average African lives off less than a dollar a day. I don't know the I don't know the truth to that, but you know if that's if that's true, that's crazy. Meanwhile, what I was wearing, simply wearing, was more than what their parents would have made in a month or two, and it just put it into perspective. Like I have. Like we complain about um, whether or not we have hot water in the crib, and I was in a country where they had to worry about having running water. Fuck it if it's hot or cold. Like, is this shit running? Mm-hmm. Is there food to eat? You know what I mean? And it just gave me it, it gave me empathy, and it helped me understand that like, all right, there's things back home that I love, and that's not to say like African is just, Africa is just all poverty and shit. It's a beautiful country. Like Rwanda specifically, they are, they're light years ahead of us. Like years ahead of America when it comes to just like um um common decency, just having common sense. Mm-hmm. Their streets are clean. There's mm-hmm. no litter. Mm-hmm. Like every every third Saturday of the month, they're they're required to clean. Wow. Like don't go to work. We're gonna clean. We're gonna clean this. Shit. I love that. I you actually, I, mean? I actually was thinking about like how can we improve the hood, and I I started thinking like yo, we need to get somebody to come into the hood, and number one, everyone pays rent. We need to come together, put that money together. And, Buy the buildings that we live in, and on top of that, 
we should have like a, a governing body that says, listen, bro, we can't have the front of the buildings dirty as fuck. Mm-hmm. Let everybody come together and clean and shit like that. And that's awesome to say that they have that going on in mm-hmm. Africa. Now, there, there's also like there's there's some corruption, just like every country yeah. has too. But there there's things that they do understand that that we don't. You know what I mean, and it's fun as fuck there too. Like they got clubs yeah. out there too. Like uh-huh. they they have they have shit. But because of what what we're taught, well, we're not even told about Africa. That's one thing. But because of what we see in the commercials, the ten cents a day shit, that's just the only thing we think about Africa. And I think that needs to change. Luckily, again, as I said earlier, the perception of Africans is changing. But there needs to be more work done. I, I'm big on that too. And then me and Nick always have like an argument of like mm-hmm. uh, speaking about Africa and everything. Right. I'm like they portrayed. That Africa's dirt poor growing up. Yeah. You seen on TV. Every, only time you seen about Africa was this kid. Can you donate ten cents a day, ten mm-hmm. cents a month to help this hungry kid mm-hmm. and everything? Yeah, or a yeah. stereo, or a person playing a stereotype of Africa, doing the the click noises, or all that exactly. other shit. That's which is really disrespectful because not all African countries speak with speaking those dialects. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's like well, there's just such a there's such a. Um, Lack of education and 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 an and an ignorance towards just African countries in general, and that's the thing. There's African countries. Africa isn't just one. Place. We look at Africa as, as one just country. one country. There's yeah. diff- there's Nigeria, there's Ghana, there's Rwanda, there's Egypt, there's South. There's just so many fucking countries in Africa. South but we Africa, look at Africa. South Africa I mean, never living better than Brooklyn. Right, <laughs> <laughs> lie to you for a fact. For a fact. But yeah, like I, I implore anybody to go to Africa just to see it and just to understand, just to understand it a little bit differently. Especially if you live in America, like try to go. The Naked Mouse show got to take a trip to Africa. Yeah, I think they need that. Mm-hmm. It, I think it's because it's not a vacation spot. People don't go. You know what I mean? But it could it, be a good vacation but it, spot. Right? It literally is one. Yeah. But people don't look at because it's not tropical. Because there's not marketing behind it. You know, people don't go. When you got there, did you feel like you belong there? Yes. Yeah, That's another thing, too. Yeah. It was so amazing to see a government, um, citizens, billboards of people that look just like you. That's just different, bro. That's just completely... If Yeah. And then and it was refreshing. And when I came back, I was like, oh, fuck. Shit. <laughs> like, I'm a minority again. You know that type of shit, right? It's crazy being somewhere and you're not the minority. I definitely feel that when I go to Trinidad. When I go to Trinidad, mm-hmm. it's like you feel like, I won't say stand out, but you just kind of feel included, included. in everything. Mm-hmm. And as soon as you land in JFK, all you see is white people. Yep. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. kind of weird. You know what I mean? Yeah, but I was, I'm was i glad that I got to experience it because like I, I understood the power of you know being being black. You know what I mean? Like just being in a country where everybody's black. Oh, this uh, there's no excuses no more. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, everybody's here looks like me. It's like, Okay, this is what it feels like to to not feel a weight on you. Mm. And I brought that back with me too. I learned so much going there, bro. I learned so much. I think I was actually having a conversation with Malcolm yesterday because I remember one skit. Because you said you went over there to teach acting classes, mm-hmm. right? So you've done acting before. Yeah, I wanted to be an actor before I started rapping. I knew that because one of the clips on your IG where you was with a young lady and it was like, I, f- I forgot what it was. It was so hilarious. You was like, you was telling them how you met. Oh, that, yeah. <laughs> yo, that shit was so funny, yo. That was me and my girl. She's funny as shit. Well, she, uh, we, we were shooting the black hair video. She was in the black hair video and that was just a blooper. We just um got on the camera and just, you know, just started talking shit. But yeah, uh, I just, 
that's that's where you see the concepts come to life too because mm-hmm. I have that theater background as well. I could, bro, I could tell. I'm you like, I mean? this dude yeah. is an act. Yo, and the thing about it is, it wasn't much. It was like, what, 10 second 10 clip? And I can see by just little twitches in your body and the way you set and delivered lines. I'm like, oh, this guy can act. Mm-hmm. Like, it's very clear. Even in your music videos, especially like mm-hmm. the old ones. I forgot the name of the song. Um, Love is How We Live. Probably you had the suit. You was like the manager. Oh, clock out, clock out, clock out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I love that fucking video, bro. Yeah, bro. He's all your music, bro. Like it correlates to 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 the dropout by Kanye West. So Kanye Mm. West definitely plays a big role into it. But I'm like, yo, this is bro. You're just talented all around. Like you can act. You You playing. You playing the uh, the work the employee role, Mm -hmm. the manager role. Mm -hmm. I'm like, yeah, yeah. And you could just see it in your face, like Nick said. Have you always been someone like people like you that have all these concepts? Have you always been someone that kind of like was processing things as a kid? Like you're looking at everything, thinking about it critically. Like, oh, yes. why is it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. all the time? And then, and it, it, it help. Of course, it helps me with my art. But I'm always someone who's um, I don't do things because people say to do it. Mm-hmm. I don't do traditional things. I always ask why. And because I ask why, it makes me look at things critically. It makes me look, it makes me analyze things before I do it. And it makes me analyze why people are doing it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, why'd you ask that? Because I just like personally, like with, with the podcasting thing, right? I, when we first started, pod, when I started studying the podcast game and I would look at like a Joe Rogan or a Charlemagne or Andrew Schultz, mm-hmm. I'm like, they have all these opinions because they look at the world very critically. Mm-hmm. They, me personally, that's something I had to learn. You could ask Malcolm. I was telling like, bro, when we look at certain things, we need to be more critical in the way that we look at it. Because I think a lot of people just go through life and let information pass them by and never try to break it down. Mm-hmm. And that's actually... Question it. Yeah. And that's actually very beneficial when you when you do a podcast. Mm-hmm. Like, what, what am I bringing to the people, right? I have to be a critical consumer of everything, including media, in order to do that. And I could just tell by all the concepts and the ideas that you have that that's what you do. Mm-hmm. Else you wouldn't have all these different ideas. And I, you know what? I, I, I think it's because I'm, I was allowed to. You know, because as a, as a kid, like, look at babies. They all, like, Tyler's always ask why. Yes. And we kind of lose that because we're telling, yo, stop asking questions. Why are you asking so much questions? You know what I mean? Follow this, follow this, follow this, follow this. I was allowed to keep asking questions. Mm. I was allowed to be inquisitive, and it kind of developed as I kept getting older, and it became what I'm doing right now, and I can't wait to see what it's going to become. You know what I mean? It's just, it's going to be... Next year I'm a, it's gonna be on steroids. Just Word? because it's just come like, on. We like we like, like the sound of that. Like, we gotta uh, get you back in the studio you know next I mean? year too. And I would love to come back too. Like oh, yeah. it just is I just value important work. And that's just like if if anybody who meets me uh, or sees anything that I do, I just I just want them to understand that I'm trying to do something important. And I think you guys see that too. Mm-hmm. Like, I, there's there's more than just me just trying to be the best rapper or anything like that. I don't care about that shit. It's all subjective. I just want you to learn something. And I live for the moments where I get a DM like, yo, I, I heard um, Boys Do Cry, bro. And I'm like, yo, that shit. I've been suffering from depression for the last two years. And I heard that. I'm like, yo, I need to cry. That's what gets me. That's what makes that's that validates why I do this. You know what I mean? And that's why I know you're gonna be big, bro. I'm sorry to say, like you're you're going to be a star. Like Thank you. I think for any artist, anybody doing anything, the most important place you could look at to see how you're being received is the YouTube comments. Mm-hmm. And when you go through your YouTube comments, 
it's shit. People were like, yo, this like everything is yo. This dude is next up. Yo, this dude, it, he resonates with me. Like people love you, bro. Mm-hmm. And it's because the work you're putting out there is actually valuable to people. Mm-hmm. It's not you, 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 and that's. It's crazy how well you rap and how good the shit that you say sounds. And it's like, oh, there's so much meaning into mm-hmm. it. You know who I like in YouTube? Dave Chappelle. Because Dave wow. Chappelle is a hilarious dude, mm-hmm. but it's so much mm-hmm. content and so much positivity in that in that funniness. And that's who I look, that's who I'm inspired by, like stand-up comedians. Yes, me too. Because comedians... They have a way, like the good ones at least, not the hacky, mm-hmm. hacky ones that just tell jokes. The one that are telling truth within what they're doing, so it's palatable. And I think, um, I mean, I look at rappers that do it too, like Cole and, and K-Dot and, and Kanye, but it's so few of them that do it that I have to look and look at other inspirations to get that. And Dave Chappelle is one of those inspirations too. You know He's I mean? one of my inspirations, so I've been studying him a lot lately. Yeah, bro, it's like, yeah. If I was to <laughs> ask you one... If you wanted your career to be like one artist, who would it be? And I asked you that question because I think Childish Gambino is someone, that type of career, where you can do anything, you're really good at it. I would say like um, Childish Gambino, Lil Dicky, um, those guys, because I'm not, yeah. I don't, I'm not just, yeah. I don't just rap. It just be like that. I just That's don't, exactly what I, I don't just rap. So I want to do all the things that I care about and not just because I'm good at it but just because I care about it and I don't want to be put into that box which is why you'd see all this unique shit you know what I mean because this is just how I think and it took me a while to get like that too because I used to just do things that other rappers do but I'm not just that you know what I mean that's why I don't just I don't I don't punchline it up when I'm rapping because I know I could do that shit like mm-hmm. no cap I'm better than a lot of rappers you be uh-huh. doing no bro you, you are that's you know a fact. but I can I can just bar every line but it doesn't serve any purpose these niggas be capping every day like they change the rapper like come on stop doing that but there's intention with it too I'm not just saying metaphors just because oh this is like what rappers do I'm saying it so you can like receive it in a way that it's like all right okay one, this is hot, but I, yo, niggas do be capping every day, like Chance the Rapper. It will yes. make you, it makes you remember what I'm trying to tell you. Like the the goal was to tell you what I'm trying to tell you, but I'm saying it in a way that you can remember it later on. Like while you're in the shower, like oh, you know what I mean? <laughs> like like that's the reason why I do it. And this is why like when a you slow burn. when you do start getting your popularity, which is inevitable. Mm-hmm. Your numbers are going to be crazy because your music has replay value. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's something that you want to. Especially if you highlight, like, oh, I might as well watch this ten times. Like, mm-hmm. and, and every time I feel like every time you listen to it, there's kind of another level you could you could take out of it. There's something else you can realize, and that's you know? by design too, bro. Yeah, like it's, I make I try to make it consumable, but not in a way where you consume it and throw it away. Mm. You need to consume it a few times, no matter even if even though it's one minute, there's a lot to consume, whether it's in the video or it's in something that I said or how I said it too. Mm-hmm. And the more that I, the more that I keep doing that. On top of that, it helps me too, because then people will just like find one video and then just watch everything yes. else, which helps with the streams, which helps with which help which helps with everything. But it, it it opens people's eyes to just like different kind of like musical content that they're not used to, and that's something that I don't take for granted. I like being one of the people that people can say like, okay, 
music is going this way, but at least this person is doing this, and I can fuck with that. But, yo, thanks for coming through, bro. I think for you're sure, going to be a star one day. And thanks, tell people where they can follow you on Instagram and all that um, stuff. Everything, you can follow me at Piff Marty, P-I-F-F-M-A-R-T-I. If I were to suggest one thing that I would want you to watch, or a couple things, it's um, Boys Do Cry, uh, Uni, and um, New Crib. Watch everything, though. Yes, sir. Everything. <laughs> Definitely watch four years, too. In four years. Just watch watch everything. This should have been the first question, but it'll be the last question. How did you get the name Piff Marty? Oh, so um, my eyes were low for my entire life. And my friend, he called me Piff just because everybody thought I smoked weed when I was 13. So they just started calling me Piff. And uh, Marty came from my friend's name, whose last name was Martinez. So I'm like, this is a cool name, Piffy Martinez. And then I just shortened it. And it was Piff Marty. Dope as fuck. Ladies and gentlemen, Piff Marty. Thank you. Yeah.